Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Morning Java, brought to you, as always, by Get-Go Cafe and Market, where, as always, it's it's November. I'm getting my Pilgrim sandwich as long as I can and my fall coffee drinks. It's a happy time anytime you go to Get-Go to get your snacks on. Tom, I got to ask you, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Same here. Now, we have to talk about one of the top stories of the week, something that kind of, you know, I think got overlooked with, with the playoff format rule was – the NFL introducing this new rule to encourage more diversity hires among, among the league. Now, the official rule as reported is that NFL owners have approved this proposal. It still has to be approved by the NFL Players Association, so it's still in that. But the proposal was that organizations are going to, who develop minority coaches and front office executives who then go on to become head coaches and general manager or team presidents to other teams, those organizations – once, the, once that happens for some of their guys, will then receive two straight years of third-round compensatory picks in the upcoming NFL drafts. Tom, wanted to get a sense from you. What was your thought when you saw this rule go through and how you think it might impact the NFL? I, I think it's too early to say whether it, how, how it will impact it, but I think it's, 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 it's the right – I think their, their heart's in the right place here. I, I think the idea is – uh, for too long, it's not that it's not that people of color aren't getting hired by organizations. It's that they're not getting in prominent positions. In other words, they're getting hired as uh, low-level assistants, uh, scouts, and stuff, and they're not moving up the ladder to where they are eligible then to when it when the when the let's just use the Houston Texans as an example need a head coach. Um, and they are looking well, – who you're looking at, you're looking at coordinators, right? You're not necessarily looking at uh, a, a running backs coach or something. So the idea is if you're promoting these guys in, 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 in a metocracy where this guy deserves to move up, then if he gets plucked off your roster either as a, you know, a front office person or as a coach, then you're going to get rewarded for doing that uh, with these third-round picks. I think it's a good idea. Now, again, we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, Sometimes there's, 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 in the spirit of things, looks like really good, but when it's actually applied, uh, it kind of falls short. But I, I think this is, 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 a, is a nice idea by the NFL uh, to, again, to encourage to get those extra picks and encourage these, these teams to uh, move guys up the chain of command who are worthy of it. I agree with you there. And that's the thing is that the NFL is trying – to become more diverse, but it's, it's just, it's tough to break a lot of the cycles that have been in place since the inception of the league. And anytime you look at uh, employment hires and employment discrimination, even when it doesn't seem like it's outright, most of the time people who get hired are people who know the person, you know, the person who, who got hired is knew somebody within an organization to help establish that connection. And a lot of times you see 
you see things stay along the same racial lines. And that leads, leads to the problems of when you see, well, we didn't say we're only taking this type of coach, but this is what, what's happened. And the Rooney rule helped fight that initially. You know, it said, hey, teams, you have to at least interview a, a candidate, a minority coach candidate, you know, you know to get to, into organization. But now we've seen a lot of teams are subverting that. They're like the Cowboys. They brought in Marvin Lewis for like a, like a day, and then he was gone and, and out of the picture. And the, the whole time, Jerry Jones said the whole time, I was getting Mike McCarthy. He just did that because that's just what the rule said he had to do. So now this is applying, I guess, a step further to say, hey, not only should you be looking at that, but you should also – try to promote guys up in your organization. Because like you said, if that person who's a running back coach gets a shot as a coordinator and if he does well and he gets picked by another team, then you get a, you get a compensatory pick for that. I, I think it's, it's good to be innovative to try to find answers to problems rather than just sitting back and saying, well, there's nothing we can do. Well, yeah, and the pick's high enough, too, um, in the third round that, 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 that is an incentive. I mean, it's, it's something, you know, third-round picks are valuable in the NFL. Uh, even low third round picks is what, what this would be, obviously, because it'll be after the third round. And of course, I, I don't know what if they can trade these picks or, or I don't know if you can trade a, a compensatory pick in that in that way, uh, is use it as capital, uh, draft capital elsewhere. But again, I think it's 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 a step in the right direction. And uh, again, and first of all, it starts with promoting your own people. Right. I mean, right. you have to show from guys moving up the chain whether in the front office or in um, the coaching staff. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Back here on Morning Java. Tom, let's talk about the Bengals. Now, we talked about the other Ohio team when the Steelers played them and then and, and laid a beat down on them. But now they're playing, you're playing a Bengals team that's kind of sneaky because they only got two wins, but their, their last win was the most recent game they've played. And that was an upset over the Titans the week after the Steelers beat them. Um, and you've got a young Bengals team that's finding some answers with Joe Burrow and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and they're starting to become a more significant threat on offense. Now, granted, they, they have weaknesses. The offensive line is horrid. The defense is grasping at straws. They have Jesse Bates and, you know, William Jackson, the third, but that's, but that's been about it. Um, but uh, Carl Lawson, but, you know, it's, it's been rough for this Bengals team to figure out, what their strength is and to stick to it. Yeah, I think I, I do think that the Steelers certainly will be favored and I, I would expect them to come out with a win. Um, but I think this is a fun team to watch. I, I, if, if, if you ask me right now in two years, uh, what team may be that pose the greater threat to Pittsburgh and Baltimore, Cleveland or Cincinnati, I would say it's Cincinnati just based on Joe Burrow alone. I think, this has been a terrific year. I think we've talked about this before. Terrific year for rookie quarterbacks. Uh, the kid, in, the kid in Los Angeles with the Chargers, and now you know Tua. We'll see. You know Tua is very small sample size, but you know for so long it, this league has really struggled to produce NFL good, good young quarterbacks, and now all of a sudden we're getting them everywhere. 
And uh, Joe Burrow just looks like the real thing. And, and you, as you mentioned uh, in your first segment there, that, you know, they've got to – they better use about five draft picks on offensive linemen to protect this kid because, uh, you know, he's, he's taking a beating and you have, he's got two more games with Pittsburgh, which means he's going to take more of a beating. But they're a, they're a sneaky little team. Uh, they can put up points. And they're fun to watch, and I, I think it'll be an interesting game. And I, I, I think you, you almost have to, when you think about these Bengals, think about, you know, years ago with Carson Palmer when he came in and what a lift he gave that team uh, for, that, for that stretch that he was there. And I think Joe Burrow is going to do the same thing for the Bengals. It certainly looks like he's on his way to doing that. The offense is more dangerous than it has been in a while. Um, just the presence that he brings on the field, he makes you. I mean, he makes you have to consider different things. He's he's being he's being athletic. He's using his legs. He's finding different ways to beat you. And I think all of that adds up to positive things for the Bengals. But I still just I have this disbelief, and it's the same thing I have with the Browns. I'm not so sure the foundation is strong there in in, in Cincinnati. And I think that Joe Burrow is going to have to prove the test of time. Say hey. We can win here. One, they have to win their first. You know, they only have two wins. But we can win here and win consistently because what we found with the Bengals is that, you know, they, they brought in Carson Palmer, and he was supposed to be the golden boy that fixed everything. He was pretty good, but eventually that tapered off. And, you know, Andy Dalton was supposed to come in and fix things. And now you got this guy, the first overall pick. It's going it's gonna to be interesting to see how he progresses in this organization that struggled to kind of consistently – improve people. Chris, I got three words for you. Kimo Van Olhoffen. That kind of changed some things for the Bengals <laughs> uh, 15 years ago. So, uh, you know, Carson Palmer was on the way to start him. And uh, I, not to say that he didn't ever come back to be the same player that he was, uh, but it certainly, it took the, it really kind of knocked the Bengals off their trajectory there for a while. Uh, and again, that's, with with Burrow, that's the you know you always worry about that kind of stuff, right? I think we've kind of even seen that with Carson Wentz to his degree. Uh, when Carson Wentz's rookie season, you're like, this guy is going to be a star. Yep. Second, he gets he gets them in position to make that Super Bowl run. Then he gets hurt, and he's kind of continued to kind of been he's healthy when he's healthy, he's good. But as you know, the first the most important ability is availability, and so for Joe Burrow going forward and for that franchise stability. Uh, he's got to be ambulatory, and we'll that we'll see if that if that continues. Let's talk about some Thursday night football here, because unusually for Thursday night football, we have an interesting game here, Tom. The five and three Colts at the six and two Titans. Titans been struggling of late. They lost to the Bengals and the Steelers in back to back weeks. The Colts just lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Lots of AFC North damage there. But these are two AFC South opponents that are vying for that top spot to get into the playoffs, win a division, and host a playoff game going into, to the, going into this offseason. I'm interested, Tom, what do you think of this matchup? Because you got Ryan Tannehill on one side, Phillip Rivers on the other, and I, this is going to be interesting because the Colts have a good defense. The Titans have some interesting playmakers to work with. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's to me a division – when you when you look at the at the best divisions in the NFL or the best divisions in the AFC, it doesn't jump out at you. But I mean, the Titans were in the conference final a year ago. They were yep. one game away from going to the champion, the title, and 
you know, they had a good, they had a lead on, on Kansas city. Uh, I think that they're the better all around team. I think, uh, you know, one of the, and he may prove me wrong as the season goes along, but boy, the Colts are lucky. They only signed Phillip rivers to a one year contract because I don't think he's been very good. I've watched him a couple times. Uh, he was terrible against the Browns. Uh, just think that, that 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 like you mentioned they've, they've got a pretty good defense but they're just not getting enough from the offensive side um you know the record is probably i think their record flatters them to be honest with you i i don't know if that team is quite as good as they are but you know in a season like this uh with all the COVID and maybe the extra playoff team they may still find a way to sneak in there depending on what happens with the browns and miami and some other teams so you're right it's it's it's, it's an interesting matchup tonight yeah, it's just I look at Philip Rivers and I wonder, like, you know, I didn't see why why you would hire him right now. I mean, he did he wasn't good last year with Los with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you know, he's always been on a tailspin. I've never been a fan of Philip Rivers just as a, just as a player. I've always thought that he kind of just you know you know, fell apart when it was when it was most important. Um, meanwhile, Ryan Tannehill has been has been one of the more efficient quarterbacks over the past year and a half, um, and you got Derrick Henry on the ground. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup simply because the Colts' defense isn't going to let this game get crazy. But I'm with you. I think the Titans are going to be a team that figures out a way to win in the end, and they're going to advance to 7-2. and two. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, you know, we'll get getting to the Phillip Rivers thoughts. Uh, you know, last week we, we saw him literally get tripped up by a yard line. Yep. Uh, Steelers fans are – a, glad he wasn't playing when Jerome Bettis fumbled the ball years ago. And B, was glad that he wasn't playing last week when Jordan Dangerfield was able to make the tackle on his backside. So, yeah, Phillip Rivers is struggling throwing the ball and, and making tackles. Well, it's just standing up. Uh, now watch him go out and throw for 500 yards tomorrow or tonight. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I think I like the Titans in this game. I'm right with you. Thanks, Tom. Hey, everyone, tune in for Thursday Night Football. Could be an interesting one to watch this week.